0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts. And I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me, See Me. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers. But some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America. I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. And um, today I've got uh, a a wonderful guest, uh, Stephen Clark. And our link is that I have done some work there for quite a while at at King George's Hostel in London. Um, And Stephen, uh, he works there, but he's got sort of a link to it from his past as well. So it's best explained by him. So today I'm speaking to Stephen. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Stuart. How's yourself? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good in this wonderful pandemic that we're in. Yes, exactly.
0: So today for me, I'm uh, I would say enjoying, but w- working from home. So um, get, just catching up with all of the admin stuff uh, away away from the hostel while the team work hard over there. So pretty much having a a bed head kind of pajama day whilst, whilst <laughs> working hard. But you know, just taking advantage of the fact that uh, um, obviously, because many other people just have to stay home all of the time. But um, yeah, feeling feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, in general. So. Yeah, I've got quite a bit of a segue into into the charity sector, as I was helped by charities myself basically around, about five years ago. Um, not homeless charities as such, but um, cancer charities, Macmillan and also Anthony Nolan. So pretty wow. much um, five years in remission from cancer, um, which it started off as a uh, it's testicular cancer, which is pretty much like a, you know, if... Uh, the doctors say if you were to get one as a man, that's like, you know, the, the highest survivability sort of rate of it. It's like 95% um, survivability. Um, there was treatment in chemo at the beginning, but then after that, there were some complications. It spread to the, the chest and abdomen, and things got a lot worse, a lot quicker. Um, so it was sort of more, more treatment for a while. And then I think just after a year, they decided to reset my immune system by harvesting my stem cells. And keeping them in a the bag for a while, and then putting them back into me slowly but surely. So basically, taking away the immune system. Uh, they give you high dose chemo, which is a lot of hardcore than the, the original chemo. It wipes everything out, including you. And then put stem cells back in, build up a new immune system, and obviously while still fighting the cancer. And that didn't go according to plan. Um, that was January two thousand fifteen. So I think. I went in in April and spent four months at the end of, of that kind of basically just um uh, with with no immune system and so they were then worried about the, the infections basically uh, finishing me off not just the, the cancer as well so there was a, a rapid search for a stem cell donor Um obviously happy to say I'm, I'm here talking to you about it so they, they found one but I had a, a basically a two-week window otherwise I wouldn't have made it and they found um, it was a 27-year-old guy from Leeds, I know that much, um, and he very, you know, selflessly donated bone marrow and stem cells, and that's the reason why I'm sat here today talking to you. But I feel going through that experience made me think about how I was helped by charities. And before that, I was uh, working in logistics kind of thing, making money for big companies. Yeah. Uh, came up the other end of of this after about 18 months, I think it was all together and then a rehabilitation and just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm doing the wrong job here. I'm, I'm making money, making money for, I'm doing things, you know, coasting through life, but I need to be, I need to do something else. I need to get involved with something. And I didn't know what that was. So I I started volunteering mainly, you know, uh, food banks, mostly nearby local food banks. And then I, volunteered at a local church for something called the robes project which is basically you you stay overnight with some uh, a group of homeless people and some other other people who are volunteering and just have some dinner with them spend the night there sleeping in a a camper bed in the church wake up and have breakfast and 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 talk to them and, and listen to their stories and their backgrounds and and how they became homeless why they became homeless and I don't know that. That first morning, I just woke up and was chatting, and I was walking down the street on my way home with with a sleeping bag, just going to my actual home, and just the stares from people looking at me, it 's just making that assumption that I'm I, myself. And I just thought, wow, people enjoy that on a daily basis, and that with the stories, I thought, I thought that's that's it. That's what I want to do. And I know that in the intros to your podcasts, you say this is this is not a job. This is a calling, and I don't want to. You know, those kind of people say it, but I genuinely felt that morning that this is what I've got to do now. I've got to work for a homeless charity. I need to. I need to. I need to be helping someone the way I was helped, obviously in a different way. But yeah, so it was. It was a game changer, literally a life changing uh, situation for me. And yeah, so I'm. I'm pretty much December third coming up now. I'll be two years in King George's Hostel, so it's my first my first entry into the sector so I'm still a, a baby so to speak but yeah absolutely loving it it's the best decision I've ever made hands down
1: so take me back to that that time when you were going through all that uh so you you, you know because it, it often seems to be like big life changing events that 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 change our focus like this um what was it like to be so? You was four months in hospital. At the end, yeah. So, yeah, was, What was some, that like? Um,
0: there are obviously bits I can't remember, but I think to say that was probably the lowest, lowest point or darkest point um, and that as, a, as would be an understatement. I think I was severely ill. I was around about forty-two kilos at one point. Um, had to be carried to the. You know, I couldn't get out of bed. Basically, when, when I say four months. With the exception of one or two visits or having tests or X-rays, I didn't. I did not leave that room. Um, I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to go to the toilet on my own. Sometimes I'd have to, you know, buzz nurses in because I've just basically gone it and in the bed, that kind of thing. So, and on a, a 24-hour morphine drip as well, um, the pain is pretty unbearable. Whilst whilst all that was going on, because I think the thing with chemotherapy as well is that it attacks you as well as the as the cells. So Having high dose chemo and having the stem cells fail was a bit it was a low point and it, you know there were times when I thought to myself I just wanted it to to end and not, you know to be brutally honest i was i was I was exhausted mentally and physically i couldn 't really um, carry on or I thought i couldn't anyway, and then obviously things took a turn but yeah some some dark times and and, and low times, but then when I reflect on those times and see where I am now and um it's something to be thankful for, rather than to look back and go, "Oh, that was really bad and stuff yeah. like that." I'm extremely grateful, and we'll always continue to be. Yeah, so a completely different outlook on life. Nothing, nothing like uh, almost passing to to do that to you. I'd say, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's um, and it's something else that, that when you were talking about that, you said about this, the feeling of judgment you had when you were, when you was coming back from that sleeping that night, and you had your. Sleeping bag yeah. and the looks and things like that. I remember early thought because this week we we just had our sixth anniversary, so it's six years ago I started doing it. And at the beginning, I had a lot of walking around and and <laughs> I remember going to one of my favourite Whitechapel mission. Uh, and on the way back, I went. I walked. I think I was going to meet someone, but I walked through uh, Brick Lane and that, and I'd got myself a cup of tea in the Bible shop, and I had. I had all this, so it was a really hot day, so I was all sweaty, I had my old clothes on, I was pulling a trolley, um, and I had a a cup of tea, and I stopped and asked this old couple, I said, "Uh, do you know where the station is? And they pointed me out the way, and as I walked away, they went, oh, isn't it a shame? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I, I've been doing this too long now. I'm, I'm morphing into a homeless person. <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that
0: that to me was just a, like, a, like glances and it, which I just thought to myself, uh, that was only like not even a, a minute percentage of what, yeah. what the, of the clients go through, what these people were going through. But that that first night in that church, I met an architect, I met a lady yeah. who was an artist singer who sang at the Royal Abbott Hall, yeah. um, another guy who travelled the world, a computer scientist, and basically it's that certain things happened in their lives, in their past, um, that, that led them to become homeless. And these are the things that I think sometimes, not everybody, but the sort of general perception sometimes of homeless people is almost like, if you see someone on the street begging outside of a shop, or somebody's high perhaps, or they're staggering around in they're, they're they're really drunk it can be sometimes you know it's judgment but also you know it's almost like do they they wake up and decide to do heroin or crack cocaine or do they just decide you know my life's great but I'm going to start drinking like nobody's business or whatever it's not nothing like that at all there are are things going back to even childhood trauma perhaps or something there's a reason there's a story there's a background to, to everyone and they're all completely different so yeah, like I say, there's so many times people I met that night, and I was like, "Wow, I've got to, I've got to do something." Like
1: this, this is it now. Yeah, yeah. So. It's a powerful thing. I mean, and I've met many people like that who I've been shocked. I've been shocked that they are in the position they've been. And you mentioned, you know, people like architects and people that you imagine wouldn't have these problems. And very extremely talented people as well. Mm-hmm. I was in a home center once in Slough, um, and a young guy. There was there was a guitar there, and this young guy was trying to play. And this, um, he was. Uh, I think he was Eastern European guy, but he couldn't speak English. But he come over and he sort of sign language. Look, give it to me. I'll show you. And he proceeded to play, and it all went deadly quiet. And he was like, "You would pay money to hear him play." He went through. He went through rock and and classical and you know that Spanish guitar as well he was doing yeah. so talented and you think people are walking past this person not knowing this, this, this incredible talent that he is yeah exactly and this, the
0: same goes for the 68 guys in our hostel in King George's that some of the art they produce the music that I'm I'm part of the music group at the moment because we can't get the volunteers in to do that so I've had to get get involved in that really, you know, twist my arm because I, I absolutely adore music myself and have performed for for a long time. So to get to play with the guys and I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? Oh, can you play this? And the guy starts finger picking flamenco guitar like is it like Spanish. And I'm going, okay, you can show me some stuff then. How about we you, you show me? or um, some DJs that have done you know huge clubs uh, just you know on the decks like and then yeah so much going. and the artists as well we recently had a, a Christmas uh, card art competition run by Single Homeless Project and two guys from our hostel um, and a few others from other ones like won it and I'm just like but the creativity and everything is astounding and I just there's, there's so much potential in, in the clients and in these guys and like so it's our job to support them and get them into either their own accommodation or with floating support. So it's, you know, we're 24-7, maybe they can have someone around them to, to, if they still need that. But, yeah, it's astounding. It blows my mind. And they're, they're just all amazing people as well. I and mean, just, you know, it's, it's a, a tough job, but it's one that I love. And, uh, you know, you need a good team as well. So, thankfully, I've got that at King George's. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so where does, your, where does your passion for music come from? from when you were young? So, oh wow, so basically I think going back to
0: 1995 now, um, just after I'd finished high school, starting college, formed a band with my friends, not really taking it seriously, doing a few gigs after that, and then I think a couple of years after that, things started to take off a bit, and then I was involved in um, tours, uh, going and things like that, never reached that level of, of getting signed, but with the last band I was in a while ago, about 10 years or so. There was interest then, and there was Radio 1 sessions, and we were getting noticed. And we were from on Trent in the Midlands as well, so it was one of those kind of like, okay, we're, we're making a racket and people are interested, nice. <laughs> um, but then I petered up, but I've always been involved in music. Of 2007, I set up my own promotions company, DIY company called Long Pop, which basically put gigs on in Stoke-on-Trent because we weren't getting those smaller kind of gigs, if you know what I mean? So you'd have the enemy type bands and the big capacity venues in Stoke, but all these small pubs where bands who no one had ever heard of, because that's where they all start, right? Yeah, yeah. Had anywhere to play. So I set that up and that took off and was really good for a while. And with that platform, released some albums as well, did an album for Deafness Research UK, actually did an album for a charity called check em lads um which is the male testicular cancer charity that helped me as well while i was ill so that was a labor of love took about a year and had about 30 bands on um, and then I recently not so long ago um, during the whole lockdown it was like the 10th anniversary of uh, one of the bands i was in that had would become quite popular back then so i just 10th anniversary got it on band camp uh, and that raised some money so i've always fundraised anyway with wrong pop with gigs and, and albums but then that sort of wants to, to raise money and to help people sort of was lit a little bit there but then the fire was lit after coming out of, of the illness and and going right oh, i need i need to change it now so music will always be a passion of mine and to be able to play with the guys like i've, I've just sort of mentioned it's uh yeah. it's amazing like i get to part of my job is to spend an hour or so each time playing guitar or getting on the decks or we've got some Logic X as well and there's a little mini studio so we can record them. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's amazing. My job is already great and, and then they've asked me to do this now and I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, mu- music and, and charity have always been together hand in hand for me but yeah, yeah absolutely love music.
1: I mean, and the thing is, what a great thing as an as a extracurricular activity in the hostel, um, because it's it's cathartic, isn't it? Music is is healing. Like any sort, anything creative is really healing. So it's a great thing. You've got quite a lot going on there, haven't you? With, with, you know, as outside things.
0: Yeah. So obviously, with with the lockdown, we we can't get volunteers, and then the groups have to be a lot smaller. But we've you know we've also got a life skills kitchen. Some of the guys recently have been cooking like a large, large meals, some curries and stuff like that, large enough to feed most of the guys in in the hostel as well. Um, For the sports, they had a sports day recently, which obviously had to be sort of controlled whatnot, but it was in the local park, St. James park. We, we used the basement and SHP released a little video on that. So, and we did some interviews about that ourselves and just to see the difference it makes to the guys. And the fact that we can still, despite the lockdown, despite restrictions, somehow quite limited, but we can still have these music groups, we can still have a cooking session and we can still have it because they need, they need an output, they need a distraction, they need, like we all do, but they need it more so because there's obviously there's different kinds of addictions and, and there's mental health things going on as well. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. nice and cathartic, like you say, to for anybody just to be able to do something during these times. So yeah. I'm grateful for that, yeah.
1: I mean, I when I that was one of the first places I went back to after lockdown, and um, the the, the, uh, the welcome I got was incredible from the guys. Like, oh man, how we have you been, and you know, yeah. and it, it it it's really really enjoyable, you know. Like, and so it, it gets onto my point that you you know, like with all the trauma you've been through in recent years. Um, I've been through some stuff myself and it's um, this is a it's a real um, antidote to all the stuff that's going on is that what you find you know that doing the mm-hmm. work is an antidote to your own your own stuff yeah no
0: exactly and it and it does help so from that point of view most definitely it's um, you know if you, if you love your job you never work a day in your life um, and that's that's a cliche you know that's a saying but I I think about that now and we obviously do work hard and they, but I, to me i just it's yeah it is an antidote it's, it is that it's something that makes from a selfish point of view i guess you'd say it makes me feel good about myself that my job involves working with the, the team and others to to help people yeah but also i'm happy because i'm doing it as well but the job i was doing before it just made me think to myself you know like, this why why was i doing that before and you know, hindsight, etc. There's no point really looking back. Like say, but two years in, and I think you meant you were talking to it the, on the last podcast where you mentioned someone. You know, now this is what you're going to be doing yeah. for, for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. It first weekend, perhaps I wasn't so sure because it's quite a hectic place to work in, in King George's. But almost two years in now, I can for certain say this is this is it for me now. Obviously, yeah. you know, I wouldn't want homeless to be a constant thing, so that we've all got a job. You know, we're trying to end homelessness. <laughs> but in regards to what I'm doing right now in this charity, as well now, whatever, however long it takes, I'm I'm in for the long haul. Like that's it. Like this is my career. This in the charity and SHP as well. One a, a really amazing charity because they gave me a chance where I, I spent 12 months trying to get into the sector. I went everywhere and because i'd only volunteered with the uh, ropes for example and on the odd food bank you know my my experience level was pretty low but my enthusiasm was always like pfft, through the roof i was just you know and it got to an shp interview and i was just like you know i sat there and it's for it was for a day concierge role so you, you know we're sitting on reception and day-to-day tasks appointments helping with the maintenance of the building and, and i was you know told them and i was pretty much like i i'd yeah whatever it is you want i'll do it do, do i need to clean the toilet whatever like just get i just wanted to get in there and just learn from these amazing people who i work with now and anything i was just so determined and i think they went okay i think that's fine the experience is very low but we can we can teach all of that this enthusiasm this this like passion that's coming out from you i guess is something that we can't teach, and it's already embedded in you, and you're obviously very excited about it. So, I think the game of the chance, and here I still am working for them, and yeah, and still learning
1: every day. You're learning, man. It's yeah, it's amazing. That's and the, the fulfilment of that is incredible, and the, there's a lot of people out there who, who they they don't want to maybe give their whole career over to it, but they want to do something but it often stops them because they think they can't do much but like if everyone does a, a small amount it makes a difference and it can lead on to other things can't it? No exactly
0: I think you've hit the nail on the head there Stuart because I, I think that is the case with some people friends of mine who are like oh you know is is it enough if I do this and the answer is yes a resounding yes because I think this the smallest thing can make a huge difference to our guys you know guys and girls so have you know you've probably had nothing for such a long amount of time and somebody like even stopping and talking to them in the street and having a conversation with them ask them their name you know how's it yeah. going how are you doing and whatever however like that they, they could just be like, oh wow someone spoke to me like a human being because that's what we all are it, it's yeah. it's human beings and we've all got the same rights and to a, to a good life um and yeah, so that, that makes a huge difference. And obviously, the guys like say, when, when you came back to the to the hostel not so long ago, and some of our guys were like, hey, hey you know, they were, like, they were happy to see you and stuff at that as well. But also, that's a thing, isn't it? It's things that the rest of us take for granted. Like, for example, a haircut where, okay, lockdown aside, you could go out, get a trim if you want. If you wanted a new hairstyle, you can just, that's, that's no, you do it without thinking about it. Yeah. This, I mean the, the, the before and after for some of our guys for example and you can just see like when we some pictures were taken for, for social media and that were shared and when I see some that you post on Twitter for example it's like you just see that before and after and it's always just a lovely smile yeah afterwards and it's just it's not just because but it's a game changer for them they're like this could I feel really good about myself now whereas perhaps they haven't done before so it's yeah, yeah I'd implore anyone if they were listening to this and they're thinking what can I do see so, yeah, how it fits in with your schedule. If you're really a busy person and there's not much you can do, maybe there might be some stuff online, anything at all, because it does, like I say, it makes a huge difference to the men and women who who are homeless and just want the same things as the rest of us do. So yeah, I'd implore anyone to, do you feel like they can't make a difference? Yes, you can. You can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so go for it. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned people with a busy schedule, but um, I think Probably more than most, that people with busy schedules um, probably need need an hour a week, not mm. thinking about their schedule. You know, like that <laughs> they probably need it more than anyone.
0: No, I think yeah, it would it would benefit them as well to have a break from from that busy lifestyle because yeah. one of one of the things I've learned a hell of a lot during this process or during this job is that you can't really look after anyone if you can't look after yourself. Yeah. And it's quite easy to just put your head down and work, 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 and then you kind of burn out, and then you're too tired to do anything else. And then you, but you still got a job to do, and you go back to the grind. And it's like, okay. And I worked extremely hard in, in previous jobs before. Um, was probably worked too hard by managers as well, as well, you know. And yeah. So the difference for me and the job I was into this one, you, you appreciated. You're you're treated like a you know as well as someone who can just do a job really well makes one a lot of money people are concerned about you they care about you like say the, the management that I'm experiencing at the moment is second to none and that's not just because the managers might listen to this at all but basically I've worked under a lot of different managers before and this uh, to see the managers like do the jobs that we do as well and they'll you know they, they help with room check they do other things as well they're happy to get stuck in as well they wouldn't ask you to do something that they wouldn't do themselves yeah. it's not, I'm, I'm the boss I'm the big cheese of this place why, why would I even want to talk to her I'm, I'm running this gaff. not like that at all everyone gets involved and um, we've had some new members in as well and it's, it's fitting together really nicely kind of thing and it just yeah. gels and they're friends as well as colleagues and yeah extremely lucky and I'm very just to like say just always learning always mm. learning and years down the line you'll always learn because situations change for example, this year, you know, that's a drastic <laughs> one. But, but the way that we've adapted and the team's adapted and SHP as a whole has adapted to make sure yep. that we're still providing that same level of support, it's phenomenal. Like, it's it's mind-blowing at times that we're still going because,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, and another thing in there when you visit, um, and I've been there a few times now, is uh, the, the camaraderie and the atmosphere. Um, it as it's volatile times or it's down times you know it's a they've always got like a general atmosphere places like that where one thing can affect the whole mood of the building but more times than not it's just such a such good fun there's such good camaraderie going on
0: no exactly and with with the haircut when we get people in um the sports guys yourself um just to get get things going but yeah the 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 team itself the camaraderie and yeah when it's good yeah it's, it's totally fine and there are difficult times there you know it's not all plain sailing in the sense of you come in and you just get on with your job it's it's a very unpredictable place to work in, in this particular hostel because we are dealing with 68 guys but also with drug and alcohol addiction complex mental health needs as well mm. sometimes it's a mixture of all of those together perhaps you know um, so there, there can be incidents there can be uh, times when uh, 999's called for police or paramedics or things like that but the way that it's dealt with and the way that the team come together and work together through those times but also yeah we have fun as well you know we, we get on with stuff and we have fun with the clients and yeah. like I say it's just, it's just nice to make you have that professional connection with it with a client so
1: yeah
0: as of earlier this year I went from a concierge, so I'm now a project worker so I get to work one-to-one I've got my own group of clients um, and you build up that professional relationship but you build up within boundaries of course you know you don't become the best of friends but you get to know someone better you know their background and it, it helps you to, to help them and support those guys as well so even during this time we've managed to get people into detox a couple of guys have moved on from the hospital as well yeah. and that's a testament to the team and the clients as well, though, because they they want it. They they you know we're a move-on hostel. We're pretty much around, roughly about a minimum of two years before somebody would would get moved on, kind of thing. And at the moment, like say under the new management and the team, we're seeing that happen. So when we have our meetings and we talk about, say, um, obviously you know Mr X has has left now and is in support somewhere else, and you're like, that, that's so cool, you know. So. Yeah. Yes, it's hectic. Yes, it can be chaotic, and and there are down times, perhaps when when things don't go your way. But that's that's far outweighed by the detox that we get, people, you know, detox or rehab or the success stories, or you know. Um, when I first started, I met a guy, and I his project work had got him off somewhere, and he was in such a state, you know, at the time, and. You kind of think, wow, how how's this even going to happen? Because I had no idea how it worked. I'm like, how do you get somebody who's like on heroin and, and doing all of these crazy things? Like, how do you get them? I don't. And this guy called um, the, the hostel, and I kind of knew. I mean, it's like, oh hey, it's like, who is it? It's like, oh boy, I'm like, sorry, I don't don't recognise the voice. And it's like, it's it's me. I'm like, wow, and you, you know, this was months down the line, and he'd he'd sorted himself out, and it was just like, oh okay, so it wasn't. That, that I didn't think it was possible. I just wasn't sure how it was done. You know, the whole thing in place with the support system, so many different avenues and, and outside agencies as well, you know. So now I'm learning all of that and getting together. I, I did have one of my clients about a month or so ago. He's moved into floating support with St. Mungo. So it's, yeah, you take you take the small victories and, and you run with them because it just goes to show you, you're doing a good job and it, it, it can
1: work, so yeah. Seeing it happen is, yeah, there isn't anything like it, you know. Yeah, it, it, They're modern-day miracles. I mean, they are, it, when you see the change in someone, um, and, and, and I, I think they are miracles it, because uh, my over my years, I mean, I'm 14, 14 and a half years sober, and over that time, I, I've seen a lot of people come in and then... The person they are now is unrecognisable from the person you first met, mm. and and the thing. But the trouble is, is more often than not, that change doesn't happen because it's not an easy thing. No. So when it happens, it's so special, and and the thing is, it does ripple out. Those guys you're talking about, um, even though there's sometimes they've lost contacts. You know, sometimes there are families. And there are friends, and there are former colleagues, all that, and that healing ripples out amongst all of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, Stuart, like as you've just said about
0: being in recovery yourself, you know, like I'm talking to you now, um, you wouldn't know. This is the thing; you wouldn't know talk to you having this conversation unless you actually said. But that, but and that's the, the whole thing about it. When 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 our guys go out there. And some some do their own volunteering, perhaps or whatever, and they they might come back and they're like, "Oh, no one looked at me today." Like I was, home. they didn't have that, that you know, that, that persecution of the stare from a stranger who's no, who knows nothing about them, and just like as we've said earlier in the podcast, like make, makes that judgment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I just feel like um, there, are, there are times where you you give everything into something and sometimes they, you see someone might go off, for example, and um, get into detox or rehab or whatever and then somehow, you know, slip through the cracks and then, and then come back and because it's all new to me, if that, that's happened before, I'm like, okay. But you just keep trying again and you keep, you know, you don't think, okay, you've had this one chance now that you've come back and it's, um, we can't do anything else about it. There's there's resilience to to the team anyway that I've experienced and and to the guys where it's, so with SHP, there's a lot of things that we talk about, and another thing that we say is that we we see people, not problems. Yeah. And when that was kind of up, when I was doing like a, a corporate induction there, and I was looking out at the posters, and I, you know, being a new guy to, set to and I looked up and I saw it, and I thought,
1: Hmm,
0: that's a okay. I'll just that's just something they put up there for. It. But the more you think about that. And as we've discussed already earlier on, with the architect, the opera singer, and everything else such as that, or the, the you know the graphic designer, the the, the sports people that are just really musicians. All of that, you know, their background—they are all human beings. And you've got to look at the person, and then you work with the problems. But you see them as a person first and foremost, and you get to know the person, and then you can you can work on the rest. I feel like. Um, as a project worker, let's just say you could be you could be the best in the business, you know, best at getting housing benefits, all of these kind of things. Um, just be really good at your job, but you've also got to have that connection as well. Yeah. I feel like because well, it's my own, my own sort of opinion, really, but I feel like if you've got all of these skills here, they don't mean as much or matter so much if you can't make a connection with that with that client. If that client doesn't particularly want to know you or anything like that and it's harder to get all the other things done and um, to to get them to work with you more so it's one of the best things is when a client maybe turns around and, and starts to trust you and actually think okay because a lot of them have been let down you know so many times that it's you can't just come in and I guilty as charged um, go in to a charity or, or for example King George's Hospital go right I've got really good intentions, whatever my background is or whatever the reason why I came to this job, which we've discussed, that doesn't matter because if I come into this job and I'm like, well, I'm gonna help everybody because I want to um, and that's gonna mean that I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you, yeah, yeah, surely that's it. No, 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 no. It, it, you know, it doesn't work that way and I've seen, during the two years there, there have been a few people come in with the same thing like I did and just didn't stick it out because I thought, okay, this, this isn't what I thought it would be. Now, it is quite a high-risk complex needs place, so it's it can be tough to work in when when things go down, for example. But um, I'm grateful that I did stick it out. The, my first week or two, I did go back to, to my partner at the time and just said, uh, oh, I'm not... I really wanted to do something, but I'm not sure I can do anything here. Like I'm, i I made, made a big mistake. Like, what I've done, you know, sort of coming back. But then, just the staff at the time, there, they were like, "No, it's it, it's worth it." And I and I stuck it out and, like, say I've I've said that to a couple of people before now. But yeah, the team that I can see coming together now, it's like it's a long term team, and you know, you've got to have that connection with your colleagues as well. So yeah yeah extremely happy for that but i'm and like I say, i'm glad i stuck it out after those two weeks yeah it's like yeah after going through all of that i haven't i haven't spent a year getting into trying to get into the sector to just quit after a couple of hard weeks all right so yeah, yeah. i'm glad it, it paid off yeah
1: it's very similar to our volunteers because um a lot of times they they tend to you you can tell when they arrive we do have a briefing and you can tell they've they've been up the night before thinking all these scenarios what's going to happen, and it's yeah. never as bad as they imagine but uh, mm-hmm. occasionally you do get some and they say that it's just mm-hmm. some say it's just not for me, some just don't come back, but <laughs> the majority once they've done it they, they they're full of it mm. you, know, they you they can't and especially I think the industry I'm in it's a very pretty beautiful industry yeah. very, pretty beautiful people you know um, and it, it 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 makes a complete difference to do something that's it's very it's like I said before it's very pure hairdressing because often there's like um, money changes hands and and it's business yeah. and it's but it, this is a real uh, uh, and kids who come are used to come to me uh, to work in my salon years ago, they just wanted to be a hairdresser. They just wanted to do hair. And they, you know, they didn't really want to be selling shampoo and doing all of these mm. things yeah. <laughs> and becoming, looking after their column and all these things. They just wanted to do hair. And it sort of takes you right back to that, this real connection with someone. Um, and I, I think, I think it, you, you you can see. How it affects someone after they've done some volunteering, you know, like Mm. it—it really changes their perspective on things. Yeah, one hundred percent agree.
0: When somebody does that, like I say, that's how I was doing it at food banks and uh, at the robes project. It gave me that bug. It took—it took me one day in in the church to to get that and be like, okay, this is a thing. But then, yeah, I've had friends who've kind of gone, well. how can I get into it? You work for a charity, what can I do? Um, and they go and do a few things and yeah, a few people are okay, I didn't really, wasn't really, up, but they gave it a go, you've got to give yeah. them credit for that. Um, to the people that come to King George's maybe and have gone, this isn't for me or maybe the particular, this hostel, maybe not for them, maybe they would be better in a, in a lower, you know, a smaller place with, with less people where they could still give that level of support, for example. Yeah. But friends of mine who, especially in the, in the music industry who I still stay in contact with and they're going, Oh, you know, let's, let's see if we can put something out. And they, so they may, might not necessarily be helping single homeless projects, but they've gone and done an album for somebody else. And or they've, they've gone to volunteer. Um, we get a lot of people from businesses, perhaps who COVID permitting, of course, you know, they, they come over and and do some stuff as well. And and they're like, it is fulfilling. Of course it, it's it's natural and it's okay to feel good about helping people. It, it, you know, yeah. it's um, it can be seen as selfish. Someone I feel great because I'm helping someone. But yeah, and so you should. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's um, I always think to myself, for wish i of the it sooner. But obviously, you can't predict these things. I could never have predicted what would have ha- what happened all those years ago. Anyway, but it did, and because that happened, I you know, fire was lit. Yeah. I'm healthy as anything right now as I'm talking to you um, yeah. no, no problems or issues yeah 100% fine now
1: yeah I mean yeah. It, that, and that's the thing sometimes we, we have to we just have to go through these things and um, that's a reason maybe that's if, you, if you're looking for reasons for, for things to happen um, you know like the last week's was to ban Shoresh and she was saying the same thing that that's, that's what helps her to make sense of it. That mm. she, you know, to go through, you know, the horrendous what what her life was horrendous, and it, but it it, it puts a purpose in our way. And I would rather have not gone through everything I went through with the, you know, like you know, child abuse at a young age, and then the addictions, and what I, what I did to my family. But what I'm grateful is is that I've still got a family, you know, and. Um, and I am of use, and I, you know, I, I, even though they don't realise, I love them all dearly, and I, yeah, I'm so I'm so privileged to to sort of have the life that I've got now. You know, I, I thank, I thank,
0: I'm thankful every day. Yeah, I think um 100% agree with you on that. I feel like, um and also you can, I feel sometimes I, I can still be quite hard on myself as well, though. Like it's kind of you go through something like that, like like you said, your own your own trauma. Um, but it affects and it affects your family and it affects other people as well and you see that with our with our clients when they're like you know my family have kicked me out they hate me or they don't want anything to do with me I can't reconnect or whatever that is but for me coming out of that there was a long time where like say I was even when I came out of the hospital after four months I was still very weak and, and tired um, still barely weighed anything um, and I my my mind was getting so excited and what they say is if, if you come through something like this um, sort of a near-death experience so to speak then you'll you want to fly across mountains you want to travel the world your mind's going hyper like I've just come out of this and I'm still around I need to do all this but you, your body's still frail and weak and tired and I spent about another 18 months doing re- rehabilitation and things like that so my body basically couldn't keep up with my mind. So my mind I was going, Way, I need to. And because of that, I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. Depression kicks in. You feel very, you know, and that's why even now I'm, I'm, I'm still quite hard on myself. And sometimes it feels like I'm not doing enough, even though you are. It is enough. But I gave myself a hard time, even after that, like mentally struggled because I gave myself such a hard time saying I need to, to do this now whether or not it's to make up for the help that I had or anything like that now but where I am now I'm feeling pretty good I'm I say, healthy wise I've, um, I've been training for about 10 weeks now so um, so it turned out that whilst I was, I'd was, i lost all that weight I got I only found out five years later that I've got like scoliosis in the back so my spine's curved because I, dropped, I lost so much weight
1: yeah.
0: I moved for such a long amount of time that I was getting some pains and I went to an osteopath and it was like, oh, yeah, your, your, your spine's a bit buggered there, mate. And so I went to the gym to, to train, got an actual trainer, who's still training me now in the park in the freezing cold and he's really hard like, on me. But I love that and he knows my background and he knows, so I'm getting I'm getting a bit of balance back and yeah. a, bit more, like, a bit more muscle, a bit more weight. And to be honest, I probably feel... It's the best I felt physically even before I was ill because I'm actually taking much more care of, of my body now. So yeah. Now my body, like I say, is catching up in my mind and now I can do all of these things and or will try to. And obviously, you know, COVID comes along and says, Not not this year, mate. No, no, yeah. not, no. but it's still I've still been training and i am still been enjoying that. So that's that that keeps me going as well as the job, just being able to physically exert myself and just have that. And it's what our guys want as well one of our guys is, is getting a set of weights um, and he just wants to train and get back his kind of, you know, his yeah. physique, his mojo, whatever you want to call it. And the fact that he knows those weights come in, he's amazing. And so I'm going to do some training with him as well. He's one of my clients. And so yeah. times like that, when you're doing that, or I'm doing music in the studio and other times as well, but those main points for me, I'm like, this is my job. Are you, are you serious? Well, like, okay. You know, building that connection for you, through music through yeah. a haircut through yeah. cooking yeah. a game pool we've got a pool table down there you can get a, you can have a, some good conversations around a pool table with the guys as well so
1: yeah.
0: so many things mate so many things and it's all great yeah
1: well um, it's been I, it, I feel like I know you already, anyway but uh, yeah. it's been really good to talk to you and um, hopefully I mean we're out of lockdown next week so I reckon I can get back there pretty soon uh, probably <laughs> We've got the med season coming uh, uh, towards us. So, definitely um, January time, I'll be back there. So, hopefully, we'll coordinate that when it's a day when you're in and we can have a cup of tea together.
0: Yeah, no, most definitely. I know we've had a bit of a chit chat, and then usually I'm running off or someone, you know, yeah. we're, we're here, there, and everywhere. So, you get those fleeting moments. But yeah, I'll, I'll make some time for you, Stuart. Not a problem, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, very thanks soon. for asking me to do this, by the way. It's no. been uh, very nice to get it all out and yeah. to talk about the job that the job that I love, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really appreciate it, and I've I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Excellent. Uh, and, and I'll see you very soon. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, let's get that boo, yeah? Yes, nice. definitely. Here's <laughs> Thank one. you. Thank you. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, It helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people. Some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job. This is a calling.